Meanwhile, on Bar Sinister Happy Hour. There's so many new things here on Krakoa that I love. I 2019. Can we just like do a cheers to 2019? Because 2019. Like, I also just want to say like last year things weren't good for me. Like I know I like. I know. Like things were not good at all. They like, were not good at all. Like I was scared, sad, and angry. Yeah. I was like, okay, here's the deal. I was a stylist's assistant, and we were only doing D-list celebrities, like most of like the reject housewives. And I had just been recently fired because, well, you know, I feel like if you work in fashion, you should be fashionably late. And apparently they didn't like that. So I was just fired and I'm like, what am I going to do? So then I was just like, basically using my powers to like become a drug dealer. So I was like about to become a scuzzy, yucky drug dealer. There's some things I really, I kind of miss. I know, right? I'm just I mean, being on this island is great, but. First of all, the two coolest gay guys are us. And we tried sleeping with each other, but it's like bumping donut holes, two bottoms, don't make a top. Mm -hmm. I mean, right? There's not enough Mm -hmm. tops on Krakoa. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, I miss tops. And I will say this, you know who's a little gay? Krakoa. There's a little, a little place, gay. If you go to the, 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 the mud spa area and sit on the on the clay area where it's still a little damp and you just sit on it with your bare butt, he will he will like kind of start pulsating against your butthole. He will. He he keeps vining me. Really? Yeah. Just like fondling you? Is it consensual yeah. or non-consensual? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just nice to be touched. There's just no tops yes. here. Where's all the tops? I miss tops. Iceman? Miss... No. Pyro? No. no. That's why they broke up. Everyone's a bottom. And can we just get an internet connection? Can I get some Netflix? Can I get some Disney Plus? I miss, like, wires. Yeah. Like, I... It's kind of, it's like a David Cronenberg film in here. Like everything is pulsating and organic. Like, yeah. You know slimy. what? I don't, I don't need my dining room table to come to me. You know, I don't need right. my, I don't need my dishes to clean themselves with organic. I don't goo. need, I don't need all the slurping. Yeah, it does. It just sounds like a constant orgy, but, but with what, but we're not invited to it. It's like slurp, slurp, But I love it. But don't get me wrong. I love it. I love it. I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love it. But yeah, it's disappointing. I think I want to leave. What are you? No, you can't leave. You can't leave me alone. Where are you going to go? They hate us in the States. I was thinking Paris. I've always wanted to go. It's so romantic. Oh my God. I love Paris. And there's a gate right by the Eiffel Tower. All right, let's go through the Paris gate. Maybe oh never come back. Although, there's probably not a lot of tops there either. There's only one way to find out! Will they find a top in Paris? Stay tuned. Probably not. Probably not. Hey, everybody. It's a special end of the year episode of CBQ Legacy. That's Comic Book Queers. It's episode 112. And Evil Jeff here is with my co-host, Brett. 
Hi! Um, you were just hearing a little ex- excerpt from a future comic that hopefully will be written by us and be commissioned by Marvel of the two the two bitchy gays of Krakoa and yes. their thoughts on the end of the year and the past year at House at at uh what's their nation is it just called Krakoa is it called what is what is their country called? Uh, I think it's the Democratic Republic of Krakoa. Okay. Yeah. All right. But Krakoa, for Kr- sure. Krakoa. Krakoa. Anyway, uh, yeah, things are, it's been a crazy year, Brett. It's been a big year for Krakoa. It's been a big year for comic books. And we are going to go through the best of that year. And I'm going to say it was a little tough because we, we gave ourselves some limits. It's tough. And we had to narrow some things down. And uh, I found it I found it quite difficult. But uh, before we do that, we're going to do a little bit of business. Let's talk about uh, some uh, hot topics. What do you think? Well, I just have one question. <gasps> what? What are you going to pick? Hot, hot topics. topics. God, we're bad at that. Yeah, and I had I remember we said we were going to say hit, not pick. I, I, <laughs> I got there. I got there. I got there. I got there. Um, what are um, the hot topics you wanted to talk about, Evil Jeff? I have a bunch, actually, because they're just, because it's Christmas time, they're just releasing a bunch of things. So there's a lot of trailers and there's a lot of news. First surprising news, uh, we heard that Hulu was doing a, uh, like, kind of like a, a cartoon with three different, three different cartoons. And one was Modoc. One was, was it Howard the Duck? Howard the Duck, I think it was four. It's Hitmonkey, right? Howard the Duck, Mother. Yeah. And then the fourth one was Tigra and Dazzler. Well, halfway through the production, they fired the entire writing staff of Tigra and Dazzler. That was Chelsea Handler, right? She's the producer, so I don't know if oh, that means she's gone. She's not like the creative team. No. But does that mean, but I have a feeling that she probably, it's probably her people. Like she probably brought them all in. So I have a Absolutely. feeling. So I'm wondering, is it her that's firing everybody or is it her along with everyone that's being fired? Like, I'm wondering what did these bitches do that they're like, no, no. Cause they wrote all, almost all the scripts and they just fired everybody. Like what is going on? What were these scripts? Of course there's controversy around the Dazzler show. I'm sure they were too dirty. And Chelsea I'm Handler is... I'm sure they were great. I think Chelsea Handler is more famous than she is funny. I don't mean to knock a comic. But here's the thing. She's I always a better, wanted her to be more she's fabulous. She's a better interviewer yeah. than comic. So I think I like her as a talk show host. And I kind of liked her Netflix documentary about her white privilege. Like, I like... That kind of stuff. When she's like, yeah. here's my comedy special, it's just her talking about, like, oh, this time I had diarrhea. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, her actual documentary where she tried different things, because she's she's not a nice person, but she's fascinating to watch. Oh. Anyway. Maybe that's what got all her people fired. But well, that uh, sucks. Yeah, but once again, I'm sure it was very campy and fabulous and gay, and they didn't want that, and that pisses me off. Yeah. What the fuck is yeah. going on? Um, but there's more Marvel news. They also released a sneak peek of WandaVision. Was it just a picture? Or was it? I don't think still. I, it was just a still, which mm-hmm. is full on black and white. Leave it to Beaver. Uh huh. That was fabulous looking. Did you have any thoughts? Yeah. On that? Yeah. I mean, it won't be like that the whole time. 
Or will it? Um, do you think it'll or be the it? end of the first... Do you think the whole first episode will be like that? And then at the very end, there'll be like the Baby Yoda reveal where it's like, oh, this is what's happening. I can see that. I, it's, it's hard for me to picture sustaining more than a few scenes in that style. Yeah. Yeah. You never but know. But we'll see. It's clearly a trap. Know. You never know. I want to reread the Vision Tom King book. Yeah, I need to. I should read that too. Before that goes up. Maybe we should reread that and then t- we'll force ourselves to do it and talk about it on the show. As like a I love flashback. forcing myself. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yes. Uh, yes. Th- there's also a lot of tra- other trailers that have dropped. Did you watch the Wonder Woman 1984 trailer? I did. It's a more of a teaser. Yeah, um, it really she looks anything, great, but I love the look of it. Me too. Um, they showed just very a, a American clip Horror Story of, 1984. They showed just a clip of uh, what's her name, Kristen Wiig. Just yeah, like, like human. I'm still like Ooh, I'm not buying any of this yet. Yeah. So you're gonna have to I do saw, a lot of convincing for me. Yeah, I saw the promo art with. There's one of Wonder Woman, one of Steve Trevor, one of Maxwell Lord, and one of Cheetah, and she's not cheated up. Um, and it just, it, it, it gave me pause. P-A-W-S. Get it? Pause? Yeah, I did. Yep. I, got, I saw what you were doing there. Anyway, I'm, I'm excited. I'm still excited for it. For a DC thing, it's kind of the only thing they have going. <laughs> I mean, it really is like, and she looks great in the trailer. I enjoy Gail Godot as Wonder yeah. Woman a lot. She's great. Yeah. yeah. It's the only thing I like about that whole thing. Um, I wonder if she'll be reintroduced in all the new Batmans and stuff. Are they going to, are they just going to try and separate everything again? Hmm. Yeah, was, was Ben Affleck, I'm tired of that question. Was Ben Affleck in Suicide Squad? No. Oh yeah. Well, I don't know if it was but him. Was, I just—that's so just funny. I just watched it. I think. Was yeah, he, yeah. 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 But it's him, though, right? I think so. Yeah, that one I just watched again, the beginning of it, and they're like, "Oh, what if Superman decides to rip off the White House roof?" And I'm like, "Do we even? Do we need to go there? Why do we even need to go there? Like, the Marvel universe isn't like, what if Iron Man blows up the White House? Like, what do we even need to ask these questions for?" Because it has to be realistic. It's DC. It has to be realistic. Here's something I hope for in 2020. DC let go of having to be realistic. Yeah. I honestly feel like DC just was doubling down on the idea of like Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight. And they felt yeah, it's what they had, had to be that. It made sense from a strategic standpoint to yeah. separate them from Marvel and to leverage what they've already, the, the success they've already had. But now the Joker is their biggest hit now. Now yeah, it's all so going to be really, that. It's down it's in the dumps be, forever. It's not going to be that. It's all going to be incel <laughs> garbage. Uh, incel garbage. But uh, speaking of the opposite of that, uh, there's also, do you see the trailer for The Magicians? Uh, yeah, I did. Didn't I? Yes, I did. It just the, one, the new one that just came out this week. Yeah, I'm real excited. Looks January. Great. January. January. And because here's the thing is last season, it was, well, there was one season where it's like magic was gone. They had to get it back. The next season, the librarians had the magic. So ma- magic was like sanctioned. This season, there's too much magic. That's the, too, this season, too much magic. <laughs> there's too much magic. Did you mean rationed? 
What did I say? Sanctioned. I was just kind of similar. Yeah, I think it's kind of similar. It works. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, But now there's too much. Too much magic. I have so much magic coming out of me. Everyone's still depressed about it. Everyone's like, ooh, ooh, the magic. I just hope Alice doesn't go on a quest to try and bring Quentin back. Yeah. It's like, just get over it. Just get over it. Let it go. Honor his passing. Yeah. Um, and then is there anything else? Any other no, trailers, news? No. I think we covered it all. I think that's it. So um cue the music. Oh guys, it's time to exhale. We have been waiting to exhale all week to talk about these X-Men comics. Oh, exhale. Brad, can you just tell our viewers what was released this week in the X world? Ooh, we had <gasps> X-Men number three. We had <gasps> Marauders number three. And we had <gasps> Excalibur number three. Ooh, what do you want to talk about first? I want to talk about, God damn it! I want to talk about that I picked up my fucking subscription, my pull list from Midtown <gasps> Comics in Times Square... No, they gave me a Venom Island variant for Excalibur. Oh, oh no. Oh, I'm so That's mad. That's the thing that sucks with all of these comic book variant covers. You Can you, like, put a request of, like, just by the way, if there's ever a Venom, a Carnage, or or a Scotty Young. I, I don't know nothing against Scotty Young, but I, don't, I wouldn't want him as my variant cover. Because um, it's like, here's yeah, this yeah, great yeah. comic, and here's a joke. <laughs> like, here's a joke. Yeah comic on it's the like front. doink on the yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't need no honky doink. You should have like comic. a thing. You should have a note on there being like none of those covers. Oh yeah. my god, this this Venom Island variant. I'm so mad. I'm what so is mad. Venom Island? Is that the new thing? It's the follow-up to Absolute. Yeah. Why is it symbiote? Let's stop it with the symbiotes. Why is everything symbioting? Stop symbioting. Can that be can that be done? Can we finish it in 2019? Are you done? Sorry, I just had to take a sip of my coconut water. I was so upset. Which one do you want to talk about first? Excalibur, Let's Marauders, Excalibur or Golden Girls? Okay. First. Um, <laughs> that one is more like, hey, they're introducing Richter. Um so and Richter, he's having problems with his powers. Yeah, and because basically this is introducing two new characters, which I feel are going to be mainstays to the fold. There is Richter, and then at the very end, we had a reveal that Pete Wisdom is is, oh. is joining us. Oh, I'm so My happy. Thing is, that made me say, so happy. But is, wasn't Pete Wisdom also on Krakoa? He was in kind of sort of the background of a panel. He was. Yeah, so I'm curious if he's still working for the British government. What is, how does that work, having the allegiance of a mutant who's part of Krakoa, but then also tied to the British government? That seems, I'm fascinated to find out what the details are on that. Me too. I'd say the same in spirit for Betsy. Exactly. Well, at least Betsy, yeah, that's the thing, because Captain Britain technically is part of the MI, was the MI6? MI6? Or is it MI13? MI13? Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a whole tricky black, you thing know, black too. Air. And Betsy is being very uh, 
Betsy needs to adorable. Pick it. Well, but she needs to like she needs to she's like kind of in denial in this comic where she's kind he, of like Brian's gonna be okay. I don't have to be. And it's like no, you need to oh, just. That's very hero's journey. Yes, yes, right? but it's like you, yeah. just, you, honey, you're gonna have to be Captain Britain. So like, get it together. How much did you love, speaking of MI13, how much did you love the data page that lists the like the, the people of interest? And it's basically all the old members of Excalibur. Yes. What was yes. that? Wait, what were they? I read that, but what was the um who what was that data list from? Who wrote that? It's from MI13, and it's basically saying shit's going down in other world, and so we need to keep uh, we need to um beef up surveillance of the following other world related people okay, and it's pretty that, much the okay, traditional yeah. ex um excalibur characters yeah love it i love that love this, it. it's going back into the good days of excalibur hey whatever happened to remember um what's his name alistair who was the one that that Kitty oh, had yeah. a crush on? Alistair Dane or something like that, and then his yeah, Alice Dane and his sisters, Alice Dane, Alistair and Alice Dane. Yeah, right, and then right, she right. was murdered by Jamie. Yeah, I don't I know. Whatever happened to him? Did he die? Ooh, listeners, I listeners, if he'll show up. Get on I, it. Yeah, so I'm excited about all that, but then there's like there's this weird thing of Richter going on these reddit boards being like is anyone else experiencing since Krakoa formed your powers are all fucked up and he basically can't step on the ground without his powers getting all fucked up he's okay on Krakoan soil like he's okay in the lighthouse Richter yeah he's not it's not happening or like his his uh, new daddy apocalypse like carried him through the gate I'll just I'll just say that he did yeah, that was there was very strange where he's like, I need a guy that can handle rocks. And then he just kind of shows up and then just whisks him away. Mm-hmm. And, and I was balls. just like, can is Apocalypse going to have is an affair with with Richter? It's <laughs> a little sexy. I kind of want that. I want Richter to show Apocalypse the meaning of love and the, <laughs> and the meaning of Christmas. <laughs> I want it to be like a lifetime Hallmark Christmas movie with Richter and Apocalypse. Few things also I like about this book is um, struggling with the brainwashing, super dark BDSM Brian Braddock. Yeah, yeah, it's hot, it's sexy, <laughs> and it's sexy, and um, and annoying baby is now just a big fun dragon. Baby Shogo, I love now Baby Shogo. I love the cute drawings to kind of like when Betsy reads his mind, she yeah. sees like these baby pictures, like these cartoonish images. Oh, it's adorable. Yeah, yeah. So I think right now it's all, it's, it's still, that's the thing is all of these books are still, it's a slow burn of like setting up the story, which they have to do. And I'm excited. I'm, I'm still excited for the real action. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. When the I, shit goes down. Yeah. When I she, mean, they're, yeah. all of this is, there's so much story to tell. I bet. Because there was, oh, there was, do you notice that other moment where he was still in evil Brian Braddock? But when she goes in Jamie, like she mentions basically that Jamie's alive and he's Jamie? Jamie? Yeah. Yeah. Fight it, Brian. Fight it, Brian. I want this book to be called Fight It, Brian. (laughs) 
So that one's I, I like it. It's pretty fun. I just went rogue needs yeah, to wake up it. though. Rogue wake 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 rogue up. Come on, rogue. Uh, Come on, rogue, we love you. Next I think we should talk about the Marauders. Marauders. Yeah. I mean it's great and all. And here's the thing. I decided to Wikipedia and it was Shinobi? very there there was a uh yeah, basically Sh- uh Shaw's son. Because I was like, when did he die? How long ago was that? He died in Rosenberg's run. He killed himself because he didn't want to be controlled by Emma and he stuck his hand in his face. Yes. But he, so is that why he was saying that it was Kitty? But then he said it was like, he was saying that it was Kitty and Emma's fault. Oh, that he because, died? This is, because this is a soap opera and Sebastian Shaw lied and just wants Shinobi to hate them. But didn't, Shaw kill him at another time and then he came back to life. Yeah. So that's where the one thing where he was like, how did I die? And then it like cut to another, the one death. And that was like, but that was his regular death because it was his they, hand sticking they out They went back hand. to, yeah, they went back to the Rosenberg run that was death the Rosenberg twice death. in this issue. Yeah. Okay. So he was he, like, I'm not going to be controlled by her. And he stuck his hand in his But that's the head. one thing that I was trying to figure out is t- he knows that his dad tr- killed him the other time as well. Yeah. He, yeah. That's why he hates this. So dad. he hates him too. But he's adding it like, oh, you might hate me, but these bitches also tried to kill you. They also killed you. Yeah. Not try to. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good. It's, I mean, it's, I like build, it. it's more building. You know, it's... What's this text data page that happened again? What was that again? That was the one of her texting... Isn't that, is that the one with her bishop. texting Bishop to be her bishop? She's like, come on, Bishop should be the bishop. Shouldn't Bishop be the bishop? And he's like, no. I mean, hey, at least she's red. It would be worse if it was the the Shaw was like, I want Bishop to be my black bishop. <laughs> Stop it. That would have been really, I was like, that's racist. That's tasteless. Um, yeah, no, I like this kind of game of who's going to be what? What's the org chart look like? I like it. Some of me doesn't like it. And it reminds me, the reason why is because it reminds me a little bit of Lady in the Water by M. Night Shyamalan. Where it's like, one of you is the knave and one of you is the knight. And then there's the three guardians. And it's like, oh, I thought I was that. No, I'm that. And like, it was the worst. Wait a minute. That's, you watched, first of all, you watched that movie? <laughs> I was curious. Second of all, I'm just going to say um, M. Night, Sham- how do you say, Shyamalan? Sh- Sh- Shyamalan. Yes. Shyamalan um, will be coming up again. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Interesting. He's not going to be mentioned later for me. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, but but that's what that movie is about. I thought it was just she was like a mermaid or like Bryce Dallas Howard was like a mermaid or some shit. Um, No. What was the twist? Here, let's ruin it. What was the twist at that one? Whoa, wait, I forgot what we were talking about. Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water. Um, oh, I hate it so much, I blocked it out. No, it, was that the, it wasn't that there was a twist. It was like, it kept twisting. Like, it just kept going. Like, it, was, it was all about a prophecy that, like, all these, these, like, assembly of characters that had these vague titles, like, the Knight and the Guardian. And they, like, what and they, they knew some clues... Do? protect the world or the lady in the water from other things, from creatures or something. Oh, and so everyone, like, it kept, the twist was, it kept changing who was who. Uh, like who, who the real people. Yeah. 
like who the knight was and who the guardian oh, was. God. It was so tedious. And that's the movie where M. Night Shyamalan cast himself as a writer whose work changes the world. And there's some assassination God. plot, like people from the future coming back to kill him. Oh, it's so horrible. Oh, my God. I wish I had that confidence. <laughs> you had what you had, you know, you have a good movie and people just throw money at you. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. X-Men 3. X-Men 3. I Where do I begin? Where do I begin with this? Loved this one. I loved this. I, like, I loved this. Part of me, okay, it is bad shit. Well, the one thing that I'm worried about is I'm like, you are introducing so many separate plots, and this is, and it's so short that it's like, how are you going to get through all of this in such short, con- like, it's going to take forever to get through this, but these old bitches, I'm living for them. I can't handle it. Basically, these old ladies are able to come through the Krakoan gates and they just start neutralizing Anole, Pixie. They're just like taking it down and they're like, we're going to take these flowers. The Krakoan flowers are taking them. So they can study them. And right now when Krakoa is upset, here's the thing that we found out. The way Krakoa feeds is on energy, mutant energy. It feeds on two, two mutants a year, right? Yeah, but they spread it out between all of the mutants. So you really don't feel it. But the less mutants there are on Krakoa, then the more he starts feeding off of everyone. But we also find out that, so I found that fascinating. And it's also the people, the two people that are monitoring the Krakoan absorption (laughs) is Selene and Emplate, the other two two mutants that absorb people. And then they said, and then through that, they are also monitoring to make sure that they aren't absorbing. So can you imagine you're evil because your power you have to absorb? And Professor Xavier's like, no, we found a way for you to just naturally absorb all of this and you could just be a normal person now. I would love to see like these evil people where they don't have to be evil anymore. Because Selene and Emplate had to be evil because their powers, they had to kill mutants to live. And now they don't have to do that anymore. I find that fascinating and amazing. Fascinating. I love it. Who is Emplate if not like some sick vampire? Who is he? Yeah. Yeah. He's just... What's his real name? Marius? I don't Something remember. Like that, right? He's just the the, like the gay brother of uh, yeah. of of Monet. No, I don't know if he's gay. Probably. Oh, he's gay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know. Also, uh, but then I don't know. Does he have dreads, or is that tentacles for his hair? Is it like the spike? I don't know. I have to look at pictures. It's, it's penance ish. Yeah. Anyway. I find all that fascinating, but also because Krakoa was being kind of attacked, it's upset. And when Krakoa is upset, every psychic gets headaches. Oh, God. So there's that amazing inter- you know, exchange that we already talked about last week in the previews between Emma and Jean. Yes. And there was some new information that we found out later. Like, he's still, like, they're kind of, Emma and Cyclops are still together. They're still fucking. Yeah. Like, it's insane. So basically they bring Cyclops in, the council, and they're like, something's going down on the Savage Land area. You need to go and see what's up. So they go. So who who is it? It's uh, Cyclops. 
Shaw and Emma. Shaw and Emma go. I mean, my God. <laughs> it's Cyclops, Sean and uh, Shaw and Emma. Yeah. What this what an what a what an age. And these old ladies beat them. Like they start beating the shit out of Shaw. <laughs> they beat the shit out of him and then they fool Cyclops into like by pulling old Oh, you broke my hip. And it's like sucker. Like, I'm sorry. And then finally she just turns to Diamond Farm and she's like, "All right, what is all right, happening?" All right, bitches. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? And basically they're like, "We've secret we've basically tapped into Monsanto." It was very veiled of like they they hate Monsanto. Oh yeah, and they're basically owning it. Where these few ladies are going to own the whole food supply, and they're like, "But now you're fucking it up with your stuff." So we want to get the deals on your shit, and so that we can end you if we need to end you if you get in our way. Bye. I'd hate to say it, but here's the deal: the X Men are always like, "No killing, no killing." If I was Xavier, when Xavier's brought back, and this is brought to the Quiet Council, if I was on the Quiet Council, I was like, "We need to kill all of those ladies." Absolutely. Like, I mean, they're going to gonna wipe. <laughs> they're going to wipe out humanity. Yeah. So we have to just murder all of them. Like <laughs> we have, have to, to murder them immediately. Like, did you see yeah. the thing where they took some of the scientists and then put them under? Like they're buried under the the, the, the flower beds. Yeah, it was so incredible. Creepy. And then the These descriptions of them, where it was like she's her best friend, when I mean, she thinks she's her best friend, but she's oh, not. Oh well, <laughs> that was that was the basis for when comic book queers tweeted out their mapping of which member of horticulture. That's the name of this group, by the way. Uh, maps with which Golden Girl? <laughs> Are, is there four of them? Oh, there's four of them. And oh they God, map they onto the Golden, Golden Girls, Girls completely. Yeah, the oldest one is Sophia, because there's one way oh, older. Yeah. Oh, Dorothy's God, the main one. And then there's the um, Opal. Opal's the one who is, like struggles with smoking. She struggles with her vices, like Blanche. Blanche, and then, you're right. And then the other one, what's her name? Lily. Lily's the one that's like left out of the friendship, just like Rose. Yeah. And then the other one's just a bitter old bitch like Dorothy. And I love, like, since the age of Krakoa, so many straight X-Men fans are online going, stop saying all the X-Men are gay. Stop saying they're all poly. They're not all gay. Stop queering them up. And now their main villain is <laughs> the Golden Girl. I know. Too bad. But the main Sorry. Thing- we have them officially now. Is there's a line of dialogue, though, is in the middle of these negotiations Emma says something to the effect of like, that's why, does she say like, oh, and that's why I love you to Scott. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, uh-huh. Like they're still together. And then I earlier, Emma mm-hmm. and Jean was like fondling. They were fondling in a sexual, like in a, like a loving, intimate way with him and Jean. I am so here for this. They're I'm all so, they're just honest. This. They're just Although, honest and I, I love it. say this. I am where, as someone who believes in open relationships, I am more wary of poly relationships. Yes. Where there's like love involved. Yes. I question that. Like that movie, Her? Yes. I feel that is always, that's very dangerous. That's That's, that's how murder, that's how murder happens. I saw one of those like Snapped. You ever watch Snapped? Yes. It's about like women that kill like their husbands. There yeah, like astronaut one. lady in the diaper stuff. No, yeah. yeah, but there is one and it was like a threesome, like a, a gay threesome. And the one couple, like two of the guys were like told the third, like, 
we decided we just like each other. So you're out. So we want you to move out. You have to sleep on the couch. And the, like two nights later, he went into the bedroom and stabbed the other two to death. Oh, Jesus. So, uh, gay people are awful. <laughs> um, anyway, fascinating. I how about, love how it. about, um, how about Emma looked at Gateway and at the end was like, Hey, just so you know, Gateway, you were a lot of help. <laughs> <laughs> I roll. Yeah. She's fucking on fire. I love it. But I wish when they, when they called her an S word with a dirty P word. <laughs> I know. I wish that Scott would have said something. I know. He, they basically said she had a dirty pussy. <laughs> they were like, you totally have a dirty pussy. I will say, I don't believe she would have gasped. I felt like she would have been I, like, but, but yeah, it was, I use Summer's Eve. It's fresh as Oh, but I loved it. Up. I loved it for, I think the old, the, the another thing I love is that the fact that these women were octogenarians, like, well, one of them, uh, she called them that though clearly have thrown Emma off. Like, Emma does not know what to do with senior citizens with old women. Well, and that's the one thing I I will say is is they caught them off guard thinking, oh, these are just old ladies, but now they know what's up. Like, they can't do it again. So I feel like if they're like, oh, we're going to come back through the gates, bring it. Bring it. We'll fucking kill you, old ladies. Oh my god! But that's there's a problem. I mean, these old ladies are now studying Krakoa. Like that whole thing that Monet said um, during the um, when they go on the mission, and she was like, "We don't want them coming back here. Like, we can't open a portal there because we don't want them tr- like getting through the portal somehow, and, and then somehow noticing something about Krakoa, how Krakoa works that we haven't noticed yet. Like all about that intel on Krakoa that the mutants don't have. Yeah, like horticulture is gonna have that." Yeah, they need to, that's the other thing is they need to, they should have been figuring out, because that's the thing, if you have, it's this. the first thing is counter-terrorism. Do you know what most, like, counter what counter-terrorists do in the CIA? They're figuring out ways to attack America so that they can figure out, are they going to do this? Are they going to do this? They actually, after 9-11, they hired Hollywood writers to come in and be like, what are other ways? that we could be attacked by terrorists because they need to be aware. They should have had beast being like, Hey, see if you can get a human through here. See if you can get a human through the gate. They should have been on top of that. Cause if those old ladies could have figured it out, beast should have been able to figure it out. being like, Oh, you know what they, you can, there is a, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. You know what? I think I just figured out that X-Force is going to reveal that Xavier was behind his own assassination. Ooh, I like that. For that exact reason. Okay. To kind of radicalize everybody. Well, everybody's getting radicalized everywhere in this House of X era. Um, No, just to be like, oh, see, people got through. Guess we need to do something. It was all Moira's idea. Guess we need a wet works. Anyway, it was a good week. I sounded so straight there. It was a good week for X-Men. It was a good week. And you know what? Going back to something I said on a previous show where uh, – isn't there a date where, like, all the books drop at once? Is there? December 18th. December 18th, we get five out of the six Ooh. books. Which one in don't we that get? Week. Um, X-Men. Oh. The best one. Great. No, it's great. great. The best I'm one. Excited. I'm excited. You know what I'm excited about? What? 
<laughs> that's oh, that's a good one. <laughs> the best of 2019. The best of 2019. We are going to take a look back and talk about our favorite things of the year, as one does at the end of the year. Yes. We've been doing this for, this is our third time doing this since we brought this the show This is our third back. time. That's correct. We've wow. Been the show for a while. Jesus Christ. I'm know, old. Right? Um, so we've got some, you know, some, what do you want to call these, like these solo awards before we get into some top fives? Right? Oh, no, no, no. We're doing top fives we're first. Do, yeah. We're going to do our top fives. And Great. then we'll have some yes. individual solo awards Love. to follow. We're going to start with some film then we'll go to television, and then we'll end with comics. Because after all, it is comic book queers. Thank you. Oh, it is. Um, so let's, without any further ado, insert a longer flourish here. That's nice. Uh, <laughs> um, let's go through what we each thought was our best overall movie. So this is... We, we've taken, we've separated out our genre, our sci-fi and, and superhero comic book movies into their own category. And then we've left the rest available to be considered in our category of best overall movie of 2019. I personally allowed, if I felt in my best overall that a sci-fi superhero movie deserved to be there, I did put it in there. Fantastic. Okay. What is your um, one, two, three? I'm just counting. Did I do five? Okay. For number five, what do you have for your number five uh, best overall movie? Um, for number five, I have one of my, I, I have my favorite straight comedy of the year, Booksmart. Booksmart. Oh, that was really good. Oh, yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Top Beanie 10. Feldstein is, yeah, it was, that's great. I, I could watch. Booksmart's one of those movies that anytime it's on, you smile and you're like, oh my God, Booksmart's on, and you watch it. Yes. Mine was a, a genre-defying sort of horror, sort of not horror, um, vacation horror story called Midsommar. Oh. <laughs> Did you see Midsommar? Uh, no, but I read spoilers <laughs> for the whole movie. Oh, fuck. So I know what happens. I just never saw what uh, that. My thing is, I, I might have mentioned this last. I didn't mention this. Last, I don't remember. But for me, for a movie to be good, it either needs to be the best of a genre of its genre that it's trying to be, or it needs to be doing something I've never seen before. And Midsummer, yeah. I was like, I've never seen a movie like this before. It's its own yeah. weird thing, and I loved it. And it was Love. basically about uh, don't be an asshole boyfriend. Is basically the moral of the story. Yeah, that's what I hear. That's yeah. what I hear. Um, what's your number four? Number four, I've got my favorite, what I call fairy tale movie of the year, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There you go. I um, that did not. I love that movie. It did not make my top five because I had issues with it. I felt if the movie was as good as the last um, act. It definitely would have been in the top, but I felt yeah. there was things that needed to be cut out of that movie that were yeah, making it yeah. drag a little bit. But it's a great movie. It did movie. drag a little it's bit. It's a great yeah. movie. It is a great movie. Uh, for number four, I decided to put Endgame. Oh, cool. Yeah. I thought about I thought about putting Endgame on the overall movie list because it deserves it. 
I just didn't. But I respect that choice. No, I I felt like I felt like this is like overall best movies. I'm like, no, I think I'm gonna put Endgame on here. So yeah, yeah, fuck it. Of course. Yes. Yes. What's your number three? Uh, My number three, and I I think this might be higher on yours. Um, My number three. Is Parasite. Okay, mine will make an appearance on this list. <laughs> I have a feeling I have a feeling my number three is your number one, and your number three is my number one. Yeah. Um uh my number three is Jojo Rabbit. Yay! <laughs> but yeah, Parasite, Jojo Rabbit, they're two of the best movies of the year. Yeah. Um Parasite so, m- Parasite's another one where it's genre defined. It's a, you can't say what genre it is. Is it a comedy? Is it a horror? Is it a suspense thriller? It's it's all of it. Parasite's one of those movies where you just hear that there you, you just hear good buzz about it but you have no idea. And that's what the it best is way to go what, into it. That's the best way to go into it. To just go in like, "Hey, it's a movie called Parasite and people are freaking out." So here we go and it's the most rewarding of cinematic experiences. And this is also, it's the movie where my boyfriend had to get up and read what happens at the end of the movie because it was so intense. He couldn't handle it. Oh my God. That's how intense, that's how on edge of the seat you will be watching this movie. (laughs) And then I put Jojo Rabbit, which I just felt, I feel is going to be a big Oscar contender. Oh, me too. I actually, I hope it wins all of the Oscars. Um, I do feel, and it, it came is. out. It came out yesterday, but uh, I didn't see uh, or Friday. the The new mar- Marriage Story came out on Netflix. The one with Scarlett yeah. Johansson. Yeah, I feel that's going to probably get. It'll uh, get performance. Too. Yeah, it'll get. Per- but performance people are. I've had people are telling me that is amazing. So that maybe could have made it to the list, but I haven't watched it yet. Okay. Um, well, Jojo Rabbit is actually my number two. Oh, fuck. Yeah. My yeah. number two is Knives Out. Oh. Uh, so Knives Out did, was my special mention. Knives okay. Out has not made my five. list. That's yeah, funny. I loved it. I loved it. But when I thought about my top five. It didn't make it. Knives Out for it didn't me, make it. it did everything I wanted. And it surprised me. And it went somewhere I didn't think it was going to go. So it just did everything I wanted it to. So I yeah. just loved it. Like, that's another movie. Like, I could clearly watch that over and over again. Oh, absolutely. I adore it. Um, another movie I'd like to mention before I get into my number one that I just was like, hey, I see you. Um, was Remember Ready or Not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that might be your number one. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm just going to say, I feel that's a sci-fi movie, and maybe oh, that gotcha. would be a foreshadowing. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Oh, okay. Um, so my number one is a movie that um, was certainly the best of its genre. Um, it went beyond its genre. It's completely inventive, imaginative, cool, thrilling, and that movie is Jordan Peele's Us. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had problems with it, the ending, so I did mm-hmm. not place that there. But I think it is an amazing movie. It's a great movie. Great movie. Great movie. It doesn't make any sense at the end, but whatever. I had it flipped. I had Jojo Rabbit as number one and Us as number two, and I, I flipped it back and forth a lot and landed on where I've landed. I respect it. My number one is Parasite. Um, Yay! So, yeah, movies. But who cares about that? Let's talk about superhero sci-fi Yay, now let's talk about the real movies, okay? What were the best sci-fi superhero movies that came out? 
Uh, what is your number five, Brett? Um, my number five is Shazam. Um, I think it was enjoyable when I watched it. Um, there weren't many superhero movies that came out in 2019, so the, the, the pool was pretty shallow. Um, otherwise, I think Shazam would not have made my top five. However, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I liked that it was a good kids movie with some really traditionally scary elements. Um, I thought the performances were fun. I thought overall it was just like a good time, joyful. It was fine. Shazam was my number three. Oh, I love it. My number five was Detective Pikachu. <laughs> oh, cute. Did you see Detective Pikachu? I did not. I highly recommend it. As someone like, I don't know anything about Pokemon. And it is, it's it's very good. And I love pretty much Ryan Reynolds in mostly everything. And him as the voice of Pikachu a gift. Is, is great. And it's it's, um, it's a very well made and it's enjoyable and funny and, and a smart movie. Excellent. Ryan Reynolds, uh, you know, he owns Aviation Gin. Oh, yeah. Are you talking about the Peloton? Oh, baby. The Peloton the, oh, ad. <laughs> oh, what a gift. What a gift that is. Um, okay, my number four. Um, it's wasn't the, It wasn't the best. We talked about it. We had issues. It is still just a franchise that I just hope they make more, 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 more of. One of my favorite final girl hero- heroine sci-fi. Who knows? This movie defies genre. Happy Death Day to you. Oh, happy death day. Yes. Oh, that's good. I love that movie too. It did not make my top five, but that was so fun. What's your number four? Mine is ready or not. Yes. Oh, so good. Satan makes an appearance. So I'm like, that's (laughs) sci-fi. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Yeah. That one is just so much fun. And the ending of that movie is just so great. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's like the thing you are you're like, please happen, right? This is going to happen, right? It, yeah. yeah. Good. Very good. Thank you. Because you know it originally wasn't going to happen. Well, it just seemed like... It, oh, really? In the first draft, it wasn't going to be real. Like the prophecy. Oh, no. Well, that's the best twist. Come yeah. On. Yeah. And I think they finally realized, like, no, this guy's an asshole. Make it be real. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, so you and I definitely have the same top three. Uh, Wide Shazam is my top, th- is my number three. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I Interesting. Loved I loved Shazam. I just thought it was just I... a perfect blend of drama, comedy, and uh, yeah, it was just great. I was for number three. Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it was um, great. I loved it. It was great. Jake Gyllenhaal I... was great. Tom Holland's great. It was great. Had that as my number two. Oh, Weird. I so wait, I'm, okay. I'm I think I know, what, you know what your number two is. I bet, I bet you're going to say number two and I'll be like, oh, I forgot about this movie. Fuck. Wait, really? What is your number my num- two? Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. No, I just thought that was just fine. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I like when I so when I saw it the first time, I was like, OK, that was fine. When I watched it the second time, Maybe I was I need like, to watch it again. I've only seen on. it once. Maybe I should watch it. On Honestly, the second time I was like, wait a minute. Now that I'm, like, not sitting here waiting for, like, the big Marvel stuff to happen and I'm just watching this story, it is expertly crafted. It is wonderful. I, I Captain Marvel is so much better than people think it is. I show some Captain Marvel love in a later category. Oh, fun. But uh, Spider-Man is my number two. 
Fun. And my number one is Endgame. I'm assuming you're Endgame. Uh, I mean, do we have to say? Endgame, I mean, come on. Endgame does belong on the overall movie list. Endgame is, was, and will always be the best time any of us have had in a movie theater. <laughs> it basically, it's it's kind of what the end of Game of Thrones wanted to be, but totally failed at. It basically was like, we're going to do something original and fun. And at the same time, these 20 odd movies here's your big payoff you've been waiting for. And it delivers to the fans. It delivers to the critics. It delivers to everything. And it gave it to you and it didn't fail. I like Game of Thrones. Right. Which brings us to our best genre, comic book, sci-fi TV show. TV. I have my number five is a tie because I, I, cause I, it's kind of like, I couldn't figure out which one to put because they were kind of opposites. One of them was the end of a season, like the end of a series. And it was still brilliant, but it was getting kind of like boring, but it was still brilliant. Okay. And then the other one was the beginning of a series. And it was so fun, but I felt it had tons of problems with it. So okay. I couldn't decide which one. So I have The Boys and Legion as my number five shows. I got you. I got you. I couldn't you. figure out which one to put there. Um, I have an opinion that Legion holds, that Legion is far superior to The Boys. Okay. Okay. That's, and that's to be fair. I will the, just say yeah. for me, Legion got a little too heady into itself and I did not like how it ended. I know you yeah. liked how it ended. I did not like how it ended. Yeah. And um, I, usually if something doesn't end the way I want it to, it starts tainting the whole series for me. Lost. Uh, yes. And uh, what's it? Battlestar Galactica. My number five is The Mandalorian. Oh, that did not make my top at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, thoroughly enjoyable. Right. Has issues. Okay. My number four was Legion. Um, okay. All right. I did not actually watch the last Mandalorian yet. Do you is know Andy who's in Sidaris it? Is in it? <laughs> yes. I saw a clip of that. Well, I'm good. Everyone love that thought one. that was photoshopped. I know. That's why I was like, is that a joke? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's Andy real. Sidaris, well, I'm going to love As that episode. Ripley from Alien. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, my number four is Doom Patrol. Oh, fun. My number three is Doom Patrol. Okay, yeah. Doom Patrol is just brilliant. And it's like, it's a show where these people are like, let's just, this is a, this is a comic where it's, it's supposed to be meta and it's supposed to be fucked up and it's supposed to be weird. And they just, they just, it was so beautifully translated to TV. I've never seen so, like a show really take the, the, the fun of what the Owned comic it. was and yeah. put it into a television show. I mean, with Danny the Street is is on our TVs. Yeah, we never thought we'd be here. Best, I think that. I, I let's add another category: best gay character of twenty nineteen. Oh. Danny the Street. Oh yes, it's both of our answers. Is Danny the Street? Yes. <laughs> All right. What does that leave us at? Number three. Uh, that leaves us number. Uh, you're number three. My number three is Sabrina the Teenage Witch, or oh, the, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Nice. That show just, there is always going to be like a Buffy hole inside of me. 
So that's why when Vampire Diaries came out and now it's like Sabrina is filling that Buffy hole, like a teenage girl dealing with satanic demonic forces. I just always need that in my life in some way or form. And this show is brilliantly giving it to me. I love yeah, it. The show's fantastic. I love it's it. Fantastic. What's your number three? Um, well, my number three was Doom Patrol. Oh, yeah, that's um, right, 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 right. My number two is The Magician season four. I think our number two and number one are the same. Mine, yes. mine was Magicians. And my Magicians would have been number one three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I would just say um, this. Three weeks ago, Magicians would have been number one. Number one. And Let's talk about yeah. that episode and of how of I... Of, the final episode of The Magicians, or or the when Quentin Coldwater yeah. dies. Oh, so good. I I was in a hotel room and I was sobbing. Like yeah, I didn't I just cry. Too. I I was sobbing. sobbing. I, don't know if I sobbed, but I was crying. I was well. I think I had a bottle of wine in me too. I went worse. <laughs> I <laughs> like, see. I, I like to. I like to just hold it in and stoically let the tears run down my face. Oh, That's not usually me. What I like to do while watching. Not me. I blubber. <laughs> oh my god! Quickly though, I I cried today watching a YouTube video. Which one? I I went down this dark path of like children videos, and there was one where these like they follow oh. these Korean families, and there was these two okay. Korean twins, and they kept fighting. So the parents pretended they separated them and pretended that they sent one of the twins away to and that <gasps> they would never see them again. And you would just and you just watched these three year old twins sobbing, thinking they would never see their brother again. And I cried. And then they I were like, died. and then they brought them together, and they're like, "See, now you're gonna not fight." And I was like, "This is child abuse." That's one way of parenting. Yeah, it was like I guess things are child abuse is cool in Korea. <laughs> but I love crying. I love crying, and I cried at the end of Magicians. I ugh, and the performances are just so good. So good. So good. And. Our number one comic book TV show of all time in 2019 is obviously The Watch. Punisher. I'm just kidding. How it's dare the, you? <laughs> it's Watchmen. It's Watchmen. And Watchmen, at first, I was like, the first episode, I'm like, oh, this is fun. And then the second episode, I'm like, this is good. And then the third episode, I'm like, this is amazing. And then the fourth episode, I was like, oh, this is one of the best shows that's ever been made. I love how it's like, and did you hear about the ratings of this show? No. The first one had had good ratings. The second one, it dropped. But then the third and fourth, it's now just been exponentially rising. And yeah. the last, and each episode is more, is the most watched ever of the show. Which the last show to really kind of do something like that was like Game of Thrones and like Walking Dead. Incredible. It's just such an... Uh, that show is just so good. Hey, and we talked about just... the big reveal of the last oh, episode. With Cal? Yeah. I don't think we talked with about Regina that. With Gina King's husband? Yeah, I don't no. think we've talked about it. No, we would have talked well, about it, it if this were a normal show. Fucking Dr. Manhattan is part of the fucking show the whole goddamn time. I was texting a friend during it, and we were texting each other all caps like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is her husband going to... Oh my oh, yeah. gosh. No, and I will say I guessed it. Do you know when I guessed it? When, as as when, when she when said Dr. your husband like, hot? so your husband has um amnesia. That's so odd that oh, your husband has yeah. amnesia and I was like, yeah. "Oh fuck." 
that yeah. husband is somebody I didn't know if necessarily was Dr. Manhattan, but I was like, oh, the husband is somebody else. Yeah. But here's the deal. About- I never realized I was like, why doesn't Regina Quint King trust Jean Smart? Like, why wouldn't she yeah. trust her? Because that's her boyfriend's ex. How about when when Jean Smart sense. was like when Jean Smart was like, wow, your husband's really hot. Uh-huh. Uh. Well, here's the thing. Is this Dr. Manhattan? Is the Dr. Manhattan before he turned, was he African American? Um, I don't believe so. So I'm so then is he like, is he still going to be that actor when it's Dr. Manhattan? I don't know. I, I hope so. Yeah. And he's so high. Don't get rid of him from yeah. the show. Yeah. I need my eye candy. I need my eye candy. Oh, my God. It was so good. I can't. Regina King is so good. I love Dr. What's her name? Dr. Truth? Dr. Light? What's yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sister Knight? Not so, no, Sister Knight. Lady True? Lady, Lady True? Lady True. Lady True. Yeah. And I knew right away that that little girl, I thought it was a clone of oh, her. Yeah. <laughs> it's my mom. But it's her mom. <laughs> I mean. Oh, it's my mother. It's my it's mother. It's so fucking good. So good. Um, but none of these things would be things without the things that started them in the first place. The comic books themselves. True. So true. Brett, you're so right on. What were the best comic books of 2019, do you think, Evil Jeff? Um, this one definitely was tricky because there was a lot of stuff that I loved, but there was a lot of stuff that I feel like I gave this love. This is an ongoing series, like something like Runaways. I put That was on my top last year, and it's still good. And I was like, I'm going to make room for other comics. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, and I felt something that's new and fresh and different. So my number five is Money Shot. Oh, fun. Uh, yeah. The independent comic about the the scientists that are forced to do porn with aliens so that they can study alien culture. I mean. It's only two with issues that premise. In, but it's great. I love it. Um, my number five is a book that uh, I feel is just some of the best, smartest writing out there by one of the best, smartest writers out there, Mark Russell, and that is Wonder Twins. That was like, that was so close to being in my top five. For me, sure. I feel like it's my number six. But then I was like, am I going to not give a DC book any love? And I was like, yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> they don't deserve it. Uh, what's your number four? My number four is James Tinian IV's Something is Killing the Children. I know we haven't gotten too deep into the story, but fuck it. I love it already. I think that one is amazing. That's another one. I really wanted to put that in my top five, but it just didn't, it didn't make, it almost made the cut. That was like another one. It was like six or seven. I love it. Mine love it. is the new Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Nice. I have never yes. seen a reboot done so well and it's not just Buffy but the Buffy comic the Angel comic and now there's a Hellmouth comic which is basically Buffy and Angel together and the Buffy comic is Buffy's not in the Buffy comic right now and Angel is not in the Angel comic right now and the Hellmouth is just Buffy and Angel so you're kind of getting the best of all of it I love it yeah right now it's great great what's your number three my number three um, is, oddly enough, a War of the Realms tie-in book, and that was Leah Williams' Giant Man. All right. You were loving, you were loving I loved on it. that. 
Loved it. Loved it. Four characters that I could read and ongoing about very easily under her pen. Um, mine was the final run of Uncanny X-Men. Oh, nice. That had some of the best writing. And because he knew all these characters were coming back, the freedom he had to just start murdering everybody, it was great. Great. That's and great. He, and he, wait, what's, who's, what's the writer's name? What can I think of it? Matthew Rosenberg. Matthew Rosenberg. He, he, like Hickman finalized it, but he was the one that's like, no, it's time to uh, show more humanity to Emma. Yeah. Yeah. And for that, I give him. He unbendest her. Exactly. Yeah. What's your number two? Um, speaking of Emma Frost, uh, she was a prominent character in my number two book, Kelly Thompson's Jessica Jones, Purple Daughter. <gasps> oh, my God. You know what? I didn't even think about that one. Did you forget about that one? I forgot that one. I mean, God, that's so good. But I don't know what I put that, replace that with any of these other ones. Ah! But that one is amazing. That whole, yeah, yeah that's an amazing run. I love that. Oh, it's so good. So good. Stakes. Um, first of all, one of the best depictions of our favorite character of all time. Um, to see the relationship between Jessica Jones and Emma Frost just left us hungry for more. Yes. But really, the the, the main point, the, the main reason the story was so great was because you not only fully, just like uh, Jessica's loved ones, Carol, Luke, finally started to really understand the depth of her trauma under the Purple Man and what it is like to live with that. So did we. And I loved that. Yeah. That was your number two? Number two. My number two is also about girl power. And it is Paper Girls. Yay! Paper Girls, the third to the last issue ever of Paper Girls, is one of the best comics that's ever been written, ever. It's yeah. And I've never seen a comic written that way. And it was written in a very... Uh, it is. It was stylized and smart and funny and amazing and groundbreaking and sad and it did everything. It was amazing. And amazing. I would have put it as number one, but I couldn't. I could have, Brad. How could you possibly? <laughs> that is reserved for one comic series and one comic and series. Well, two, we, actually. And for people that, yes, we have a whole entire segment about the X-Men. Sure, we've grown up and our favorite books were the X-Men. But I feel like even if none of that were true. Even if... We still would choose number one is House of X, Powers of Ten. It's the best comic of the year. I mean, come on. Even if we weren't X-Men fanatics. Yeah, It would be House of X, Powers of Ten. Come on. Give me a fucking break. (laughs) Yeah. Give me a fucking goddamn break. I love that you and I suppress the urge to put any Dawn of X books on our lists. Because I feel that they're just a continuation of that. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, and they've where hardly would they be started. without that? Where would they be without House of X Powers? We haven't gotten a complete story out of exactly. any of them yet. Exactly. Yeah. I'm giving, waiting till next year. Because that's the thing is I feel like uh, next year I'm going to finally figure out which ones I like. Oh, we forgot to mention in the Hot Topics uh, the Hellions book. That's Hellions, out, yes. With fucking... Uh, Nanny with lips. <laughs> Nanny and Orphan Maker. I can't with Drag Nanny. What? 
Can I just say? What is it? I don't get this comic at all. And Nanny isn't a mutant. She is a mutant. She is? Yeah. She was sealed inside of that suit as a punishment. Her mutant powers are low-level telepathy and mind control. When did that happen? Like when That's her was backstory. That, when was that backstory established? Like when we first met her. Really? Yeah. Wait, but is she, I, she doesn't have powers to turn people to children? No, that was technology. Oh, well, that's dumb. I don't know. And I, I, right now I'm going to say this Hellions book. I'm, I'll read the first issue and, may, and it will blow my mind probably. But right now I'm like... Half, well, we half don't know what these, the concept is. Half of these characters I do not give two fucks about. Right. So I'm worried. I really thought it was either going to be, because Fallen Angels is not solicited for some month coming up, February or something, March. So that's the new Psylocke comic. Yeah. So, yeah. Psylocke and I thought, and Pavic. I like that. I thought, and I I like thought that would be Fallen Angels. I like Empath, too. Yeah, we'll see. I like Nanny and the Orphan Maker. They're crazy. They're weird. <sighs> what is the, They're or- weird. the Orphan Maker's powers? We don't know yet. Never been revealed, but they are both mutants. All right. Well, let's get to some solo. Let's get into some solo awards. Do we want to end with our worst? No, let's get the worst stuff out of the way. Don't end our worst. We are going to have worst. um, So what is it? Worst movie? Worst TV show. Worst TV show. Worst comic. And then do we do a worst? That's it. Okay, we didn't do like a worse performance or anything like that. No. No, okay, good. We're not that mean. Yeah. <laughs> All right, worst movie, superhero movie, what did you have? I had to tie. I have a tie. Yeah, I don't have a tie because, you know, there's one movie that I just don't really, I, I thought was mediocre that I, we haven't talked about yet. That was big this year. There's another movie that I thought was just so offensively and actively badly made, despite whatever challenges it had to face, still don't care. Dark Phoenix, you were the worst movie of 2019. <laughs> that is one of my ties. It's, it's, yeah, X-Men Dark Phoenix is one of my worst movies of the year. We did not like it. Um and uh, yeah, it basically squandered one of the best stories ever made. And they and the fact that they not only squandered it, they gave it to the person who fucked it up the first time and had him fuck it up even worse again. Amazing. Um, Just I had a, to tie it. I had to yeah, tie it. With, with what? A movie called Glass. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Thank you. Watched it on an airplane. Yo. And it was awful awful it was awful it was supposed to be like look we're merging these worlds and once again it's a concept that seemed interesting and it was maybe interesting for the first 20 minutes and then sarah paulson shows up and her character's like you're all just crazy you're not really mutants uh, not mutants, but you're not. You don't really have superpowers. You're just all mentally ill. And then there's a twist. I'm just going to give it away. The big twist of that is she knows they're all superpowers, but she's from an evil society that wants to murder everyone with superpowers. So her whole thing is just she just kills all of them at the end. And mm-hmm. at the end, she's like with the group, like, "Hey, we did it. We killed them." 
Well, the end also is that the sidekicks to each of the superpowered characters release the knowledge that people have superpowers. Yes, yes. Much to her organizations. Who, who cares? Um, right. Who cares? Yeah. No, this movie would have been okay 15 years ago. Yeah, now it's like, honey, you got to step it up, Mr. M. Night. Yeah. You got to step it up. It was bad. And I'm sorry, like, James McAvoy as that character is super annoying to me. Yeah. I agree. The best part of it is Bruce Willis. And if Bruce Willis is the best part of a movie, I don't know, you're in trouble. We got problems. (laughs) Okay, how about... uh... TV show. I have another tie. I had to do another tie. Oh, because oh I hate God. things. I hate things. Oh my God, so indecisive. Um, my one, worst one is, mine. I chose something that was so bad I wouldn't watch it, and then I chose something so bad that I did watch. Okay. Wow. Okay. Mine's worst. Um, my worst TV show is a TV show that it's a shame because I think it has one of the better. It it is centered around one of the better performances out there in the comic book genre. But the plot, the 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 linkage to season one, what they how they build on season one, every single other character other than the main character is garbage. And the pacing is garbage and the choices are garbage. <laughs> Talking about the Punisher. Oh yeah. It is the most boring goddamn shit. I two seasons I have not been able to power through because it is so fucking boring. And it is about so many characters that are just just the least engaging of characters and performances out there. And it's a shame because John Berthnall as Frank Castle is pretty great. But everything else is the is just the most boring stuff I've ever seen. Mine was a show that you stopped watching. Uh, the end of The Gifted. Oh, yeah. Uh, that shit ended in like February, so it was 2019. I had to look it up. Uh, talk about a show that we love so much, and it ended in a whimper. It just it was garbage at the end of it. It was just so sad that it just got so bad. Yeah. But I had to tie that with another show that I couldn't watch more than two episodes of. <laughs> um, and that was Cloak and Dagger. Oh, God. Fuck you, Cloak and Dagger, your garbage. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) Unwatchable. And then uh, that leads us to comic, the worst comic of the year. Worst comic of the year. I'm interested to see, because I feel like mine, if you do not say what mine is, that you are going to be like, oh, I should have said what you said. So I'm curious. (laughs) So I think I know what you're going to say, and I did not say that one. Okay. Um, can I guess yours? Sure. Apocalypse and the Extracts. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh! No. No, but mine what, is in the X what world. It? What is it? Major X. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, duh. With my Rob Liefeld. Oh, One man. of what the worst garbage. written things, like, when we, then Gar- this, like, and I'm going to think that I've hated a lot of things, but I have never hated something as much as this. This is clearly going to be on this. This is a potential runner of worst of the decade. Like I'm trying to figure out what do I hate more 
this whole decade when we get to our best of the, of the teens. <laughs> I can't okay. think of something that I hate more than this. Yeah. What did if, you put? If Well, I just want to say about Major X. If Major X were a man, you know, if, if Major X were the type of, like, manly, tough, straight man that Rob Leefield loves so much. Yeah. It would actually be three babies in a trench coat. <laughs> it's the most Fisher Price faux masculine bullshit I've ever seen. And it is a feeble, tenuous attempt at drama and story and uh, 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 reveals. It is so fucking basic and bad. And you're going to try to make me believe that Cable and Storm fucked and had a baby? How dare you? And for that motherfucker to be so vocal about how bad Hickman's work is, what world do you live in, Rob Leefield? He's like, what is it? He's the Azealia Banks of like the comic book industry. Yeah, exactly. Except the only difference is she's actually can at least, she has talent. She has talent. Garbage people. Well, he burned his bridge with Marvel. They hate him now, so... Because he's insane. He's an insane person. Yeah, he's an insane person. Go kill yourself. Right. My worst... I'm going to be like, I'm not responsible for that. (laughs) (laughs) What was your worst? Uh, My worst comic book um, is the comic book that introduced the, the, the new direction that changed the world of comics, Wolverine's Hot Claws... The Return of Wolverine yeah, by Charles Soule. I mean, can you make Charles Soule? Charles Soule made your worst comic. Can you believe that? He was like in our Ama- top last year. He was our best. Yeah. Uh, How the Mighty Have Fallen. What? I don't even know where to begin yeah. with The Return of Wolverine. Um, with How about the confusing multiple returns of multiple Wolverines that they then had to reconcile? Because... Like, evidently, what did their email go down? Like, did they not know what each other was doing with this, with their major character that, that was returning from the dead after four years Ugh. of not being able to hold your breath anymore? With stupid and Persephone? With with new invented stuff. Like, yeah, add more to his dense mythology, please, so we can just not care about it, rather than use a myriad of things from this character's past. Yeah. That could Stop come back to and add have something so you can be like, I added that thing. No, just do what's, what the show needs. Not what you think is cool. It'll be I'm cool. going to write my if own chapter like, of... If his claws were on fire. I didn't, I didn't know what the fuck was going on the entire time. And Garbage. I still don't know why his claws are on fire. And I don't know which Wolverine was hit to. I don't know. But let's talk about... People. People. So let's go to some movies. What were your favorite... What's your favorite performance um, from favorite, a movie? Favorite... Favorite superhero movie performance. Um, I want to give a special mention to some great performances out there. I'll do that in the world. Okay. Okay. Um, I want to say thank you to Karen Gillan as Nebula in Endgame. Um, Fantastic. I want to say thank you to Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, which again is a character upon my second viewing who I fell in love with. Um, I want to say thank you to Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio which is a fantastic performance. However, now that it's all over, I finally have to just be predictable and give credit to where credit is due and say that the best movie performance in 2019 
was Robert Downey, Downey Jr. as Tony Stark in Avengers Endgame. Predictable. <laughs> but deserve it. It's great. He's great. He's great. I'm going to... Yeah. He had his... It was his swan song and he delivered. It's like giving best picture to Return of the King. I You're really giving best picture to the whole, the whole, all three of them. You know what I mean? I'm going to go... I'm going to do a surprise because I had it down to three. And I could, so I'm going to do two special shout outs and then I'm going to give it to someone and you're going to, I think you might be surprised. Okay. But uh, my one special shout out is Samuel L. Jackson and Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel. He's so good in it. So funny. He's so good in it. Um, and he, he just rides that perfect line of, of the fact that he's playing this younger version of himself. So it's still the same Nick Fury, but but he, it's but it's him before a lot of trauma and stuff has happened to him. It was just such a very... And the fact that he was playing it for comedy, it was so nuanced. Was yeah, he brilliant. plays the comedy of the unexpected Nick Fury choices yes. very well in that movie. Um, my other shout out, and this is the person I originally was going to give it to, but I decided to switch it up just for shits and giggles, is I just feel Tom Holland just can hold a movie. He's so good. And yeah. he's just, he just, that whole Spider-Man movie was so enjoyable because you can just, he's just a delight on the screen. He's delicious on the screen, but he's, is he's great. He's so good. <gasps> Oh my God! You're going Joaquin Phoenix, aren't you? Fuck no! I thought that was oh, oh. his performance was awful. Oh, Anyone God. could have done that. Anyone with act who, who's a good actor could have done that. Thank you. He did not do anything important. Chewing the scenery no. is not hard to do. No, I could do that a crazy laugh. laugh. Not, yeah, no, so fuck everybody. you. I'm gonna do someone that actually made this movie. It, one of my favorite movies. This is the person. It was the breakout role. And I'm giving it to uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, who played Freddie Freeman oh. in Shazam. Oh, I love it. The adopted cripple kid. He's the, the cripple yeah. kid in Shazam. I mean, he had a great year, that shitty at Chapter 2. But he was he was so good in that. Like, he was the heart of that movie. And his fights that he had with, uh, what's his name? Levi? Zach, Zachary Levi? Yeah. Like the scenes with him, like he was able to hold toe to toe with all of these adult actors and he was still the one that was stealing every scene. And that was just very impressive to me. And he kind of like made that movie. So I'm giving it to him. Great. I love it. How about some Let's go to TV. TV was really hard for me. Uh, Really? No, I've like just choose one. Oh, not me. And it's funny because all of my ones for the movies were all men. I don't have a single man for the television one. Yeah. Not a single Good. man. I uh, mean, to I me, to... mine was so clear. Um, okay, so... I can't even think of anybody else. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, tell me, who do you have any shout-outs you want to give or anything? Or I mean, kind of not... Uh, do Are, I? Who's, who's your number one? It's Regina King for Watchmen. Okay, okay, oh, all right. Oh, baby. Okay. Oh, baby. Nothing comes even close to her. 
Oh, see, but that's the thing is I feel Jean Smart is right up there with Regina King. Oh, I don't know. She's great now. <laughs> but what Regina King is doing on this show, I mean. Yeah. But there is another person that was really running for it. And that's Summer Bischel, who plays Margot. <gasps> oh, Summer Bischel. She's the other oh one that God. I was like, ah, oh, I really want to give it to her. Consistent. But I guess because Gene Smart isn't in it as much, I guess I will. I'll have to give it to Regina King, too. And then okay, another good. shout yeah. out just to Aunt Zelda from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, she's so wonderful. I mean, you know, Gene Smart only was in one episode of Legion this season, but I argue it was the best episode of the season. Yeah, yeah. And that, the Gene, the whole, did you know that there was a, the last episode of The Watchmen had a Saturday Night Live reference in it? No. There's an old John Lovitz Saturday Night Live sketch where he's trying to buy a trap door for his living room, and it's called the Wilson trap door with a remote control. Oh, that's so funny. And the, re- the remote control trap door from the Watchmen, it says Wilson on the wi- remote control. <laughs> and he admitted, like, he's like, oh yeah, it's a total reference to that. And in the same interview, he admitted that he was making fun of Ryan Murphy anthology TV shows with the the Minutemen, was it the that TV show with Cheyenne Jackson? Wow. Um, right it. when you said he admitted it, he admitted it. It makes me remember that we did not do like a best regular TV category. Um, but he admitted it. Makes me think. Of, I think you should leave <laughs> Tim Robinson's sketch show. That would be one on of my Netflix, tops as well. And I think yeah. that's my top. Yeah. My top is Fleabag. Oh, Flea, no, my top is Fleabag. Fleabag. But that is definitely in the top. Yeah. That's one. That's the best sketch comedy that we've done this year. <laughs> okay. I, I just watched it again, like my third time before doing the show. Um, and I think that leaves us to... To the coup de grace, dun, 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 the, so, our, our, our palm d'or. So we're going to have the best comic character and then the best comic event moment. moment. Yes. So character... Um, I have to say this. My, I originally had this, but I switched it to someone else because okay. I had to switch my moment. Um, Emma Frost had a great fucking year. Mm-hmm. And we need to have a moment to acknowledge and thank and express gratitude and hope for many more. She did Jessica Jones. She's doing Marauders. She's an X-Men. She was surprisingly prominent in House of X after she's been treated so poorly for so long. And it is but you're saying, a banner year. Is she your choice for best no. character? Okay. Because Emma Frost was my number two, and Emma Frost did not make it number to my two. number one choice. Are we doing the same thing? How? How could you pick anyone else this year than Moira McTaggart? Yep. Right there with you, How? baby. Right How? Right there with you. Uh, uh, I can't even look at Rose Byrne the same way. Like in Bridesmaids, like the actress. Like, <laughs> it has affected me so fundamentally what Jonathan Hickman did with Moira McTaggart that any incarnation of Moira McTaggart, I'm like, oh, look at you. On the animated series, Rose Byrne, I don't care. When I see her, I like zoom in on her. It's, they took a character. Remember when this came out? It's like Moira McTaggart's playing a prominent role. And I was like, ew, who gives a fuck about that bitch? <laughs> <laughs> in one issue, I'm like, this is the best character ever. Yeah. The, the ability to transform something like that overnight 
is brilliant. And it's basically because we have the same moment. <laughs> exactly. And my, my original... moment is page four of House of X2, <laughs> okay. where you discover yep. that Mora is not only a mutant, but her mutant power is to relive her life over and over yeah. again, remembering everything. Yeah. So I, um, I opened up my moment to movies. Because to me, it was like when I was ingesting any of this content, when did I have the biggest reaction? Like, when did it hit me? So is your moment, do you have a moment for movies? Yeah. So um, I no, my moment is from a movie. Originally, my moment was The Curious Life of of Maura Ten. That was like my comic moment. But then I was like, you know what? I have to talk about this. You're like, Jeff's going to do that. So let's see if we have it covered. Exactly. <laughs> when you hear, <laughs> I'm going to cry right now. When you hear Sam Wilson say on your left in Endgame, there is nothing. Nothing like that. When the portals open. Is that the moment when they all open and everyone comes out? Yeah. See, so did you. you- there's nothing say, like that. Here's my thing is that I did not cry at that moment. Oh. I, I teared up at the moment when all the women. Oh, me too. When all the women but, showed up. That was the one for me. And in, in those moments, that was when I was like, oh, sisters doing it for themselves. Yeah. But when I heard on your left and it took me back to my favorite movie, The Winter Soldier. And. Oh, that's right. The portals opened. Movie. Yeah. And the portals opened and all those characters come back. The theater was standing. Like, everyone in my theater was screaming, standing, like, freaking out. And it just, with each character, got louder and louder. I have never in my life been around anything like that before. That was, it was... That's one of those ones where it's like, if you watch that movie just on Disney Plus and that's it, you didn't really see that movie. No, you yeah, need to see when, that movie when we saw that for the first night, time, and it packed yeah. theater with yeah with how many with fellow obsessives. In, how many people fit in a big movie theater? I don't like a couple hundred a thousand a thousand like five hundred people just yeah, screaming. Yeah, five hundred people just screaming, Scre- like screaming, like, like screaming. Yeah, that was like, like the people- other. I mean, that movie had so many moments. The moment. The oh, other so. moment when fucking Captain America picks up Thor's hammer. Ugh. People <laughs> lost their, sh- like, people's heads exploded. I My head exploded. I lost, like, I've never pointed at a movie screen so many times in one evening. I just kept pointing and screaming the entire movie. Pointing and screaming, and it was okay. It was welcomed. It was great. Nothing like it. Oh, 2019 was a good fucking year for moments. I know. Let's. I know. Is this like a thing where it's like the pinnacle, and now it's now that we're entering a new decade, it's all going to decline? Yeah. Or will it keep getting better? I don't know. But we'll have a decade to assess next week. We have That's a lot of homework right. to do. You and I. I have a. I'm, I've been. I've been tabulating. I have my yeah, lists, so I've now been, it's more. I have my lists down. The only trick is figuring out performances right now. Just trying to remember. The real trick is, is like, I know there's shit that I fucking saw 
that I thought was amazing and I just don't remember. You know what I mean? It's 10 years, yeah. It's 10 years. Oh, I have to, I just thought of one right now. Oh, write it down. I need to write it down. 10 years coming to a close. So uh, stay tuned, everybody, for next week where we open up our superlatives to an entire decade. We'll be doing the best of 2010 to 2019 next episode. But thank you so much for listening to this one. We hope you agreed with our choices. We would love for you to share your best of 2019 with us on Twitter at Comic Book Queers. You can find us at Comic Book Queers. Um, and ask your friends to subscribe and ask yourself, do I want to give them a positive review? And please do, if you do. And ask yourself, and, mm-hmm. do I read comics? Do I? And if you do, well, then that makes you queer. queer. Happy Bye. 2019. Bye.